This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about the church at risk all over the globe. My name is Mark Stafford. I'm here with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. David, this week there has been some major political turmoil in the United States. A a lot of believers here in the U.S. are are worried. They're upset. Some are overjoyed. It's really um, a really crazy mix of emotions that we're going through. Uh, Whenever there's a turnover in political leadership, there can be a lot of anxiety. Many church leaders are upset, and that's created some anxiety among those who are believers who maybe are also church leaders or those who are just in the pews. So I I think today is a great time for us to, first of all, cry out to the Lord that we would be understanding that the Lord is sovereign over these things and we have to rely on him more so than ever before. I think we can talk about some of these worst case scenarios because we need to ask the question, what do we do if we face persecution? What if we become the church at risk? And I think there's something that we can learn from those who face persecution on a regular basis. So you're kind of a specialty in this, <laughs> have a specialty in this area, you know a thing or two about the church at risk and those who face persecution. So I thought I'd start out by asking you about India. Pastor Singh and the many, many church planters we have in India, tell me a little bit about what it's like to be a Christian in a place like India that has political persecution. Yeah, thanks, Mark. I've learned so much of my own personal Christian leadership from our persecuted family around the world. And for years now, I've visited these nations that have hostile governments uh, to the gospel, to God's people. And I've seen their examples of love, um, again, of leadership, of influence. And India is a great example. They just had uh, their major... Uh, vote last year uh, for their prime minister, who is a fundamental uh, Hindu, and he is um, very involved in actively coming against non-Hindu minorities. Uh, there's great tension right now with the, the especially the Muslim minority and the smaller even Christian minority. Uh, they're shutting down um, nonprofits of all sorts of Christian. Over 10,000 Christian nonprofits have been shut down. Um, and so, you know, literally taking buildings, um, just even eight orphanages this last month was closed in uh, New Delhi. Uh, by the Indian government. And so, you know, here's a, a people that have specific ways that they're being oppressed and persecuted, uh, you know, and, and it'd be easy for them to throw in the towel and say, that's it, we're done. You know, we just have to kind of uh, get in the lifeboat and survive it, you know, survive it out until the new government changes. And yet, Mark, as we've talked to this radio uh, the last even few weeks and few episodes we've done, we're talking about what God has been doing. It's exploding the gospel because they realize that God is king. And he and God uses uh, evil kings. He uses uh, good kings. He uses in between kings and ineffective leaders. Uh, and and God makes us kings. I mean, and we're children of the king at least. And, and and he makes us effective leaders where we can be that light and that hope in in these environments. And and so as I've heard from our Indian brothers and sisters, uh, one of the things they're doing specifically is they're they're praying on a regular basis for the prime minister there. Because God tells us to. And when we pray, that takes away the unknown, the fearfulness, and, re, and it reminds us the, the order that God has created. God is the one who brings up kings, and he deems down kings. God is over the prime minister of India. He, God loves India. 
Well, he loves all nations and all people. And so when we begin to move in obedience and start praying for those that we really struggle with, who scare us, who, who think totally different than us, that we, who we see as an enemy. Um, when we start praying for them, God renews our heart and, and then gives us a pathway of freedom. And I think of strategy of how we could be a light of love of really settle people down right now. And there's just a lot of fear. I mean, behind all this is fear. People are unsettled and we need to go back to what God is doing and even learn from our, you know, persecuted brothers and sisters of, of their faith and how they've matured. Yeah, you're right, David, that this gives us an opportunity to, first of all, not just assume that our leaders here in the U.S. are going to do things that are necessarily in the best interest of Christians, and that it's going to mean that God's going to need to act in order for things to continue to move forward. And I think that's in some ways, that's helpful for people in the church. We can't relax. I don't think we ever could, but I think that there was a sense that, well, we're living in this kind of Christian country and we can just take a break for a minute. Well, it's no longer time for us to take a break. It's time for us to say we need to stand up and push our country forward in a way that would honor Christ. Now, with that being said, I remember I, I want to I don't want to mention any places or any names because it's a very very sensitive area of the world that we have some uh, contacts. But I remember there was a Middle Eastern man who uh, who came in to do a special presentation at the SOM offices. And I had the privilege of being a part of this incredible presentation. And one thing he said, he was living in the states, and he said this incredible thing. He goes, you know, I, I'm living here in the states, and it just doesn't feel it feels too easy. I want to go back to where I'm from, where there is some persecution because the church is really refined there and the church is real and it's authentic. We have this great community. How have you seen that be the case in some of these countries that it's not so easy to be a Christian? Yeah, he referred to that. His wife, by the way, I think we've talked about this on the show before, said something very spiritually insightful. She, she said, honey, you have to be bring me back to my home country because there's a there's a demonic lullaby being sung over America. And she said, if I stay here, I'm going to fall asleep. And, and that was part of God's way of getting them back to the Middle East. Because in the Middle East, is what you're choosing is weakness, Mark. I know it's counterintuitive. But when we're weak, he is grace is sufficient. He's strong. When we're depending upon, upon God being our power and us not engaging in human power, politics, and um, and you know, in, in in our wealth and and uh, you know our our leadership uh, title, we 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 get back to the basics and simplicity of faith in God, uh, you know, faith, hope, and love, and, and be a witness to others. And we serve from the bottom instead of from the top. And that's always been a powerful position in, in the history of the church. And in and so much in the Islamic Islamic world, they have to do that because if they're out blatant Christian. Um, they're going to be put in prison and very well even put to death uh, for their faith and, and converting to to Christ. Um, so we can we have so much stuff to learn. So that even when we see difficulty here in our own country, as things have changed, we could just be at peace that God's is in a sense bring us back to the strength of the historical church, and that He's with us, and we do overcome. 
Well, I think there's a lot that we can learn from those who are leading in countries that are at risk and who are greatly persecuted for the gospel. I feel like we just started to scratch the surface as time for us to run to a break. So after the break, when we come back, we'll talk more about what it's like to live for Christ in a place that may not be politically for Christians and may not politically be aligning with Christ. We'll be right back. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. At Risk Radio, in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring 2 million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm Mark Stafford, and I'm here with David Witt. He's the CEO of SOM International. Now, we've been talking about political turmoil and countries that are not politically for the gospel, that are politically against the gospel. One of our contexts is a man named Russell Stendhal. We can name his name. He's pretty public. He's down in South America and he, he's working all over South America, um, uh, primarily in Colombia, but also in various other nations. And he's getting Bibles out there. He's putting up radio stations and we're seeing a revival break out in places inside of South America. He wrote a book that is on the book of Esther. And that's another situation where we see where the political climate there in the Bible was really tense. It was against God's people. And there's some incredible lessons that we can learn from the book of Esther during these times in America. So David, I want to ask you, how can a Christian live for Christ when the government's against them? And specifically, how do we see that played out in a book like Esther? Yeah, well, interesting enough, talking about Russell had finished that book. Risey finished it is when he was arrested a few years ago uh, by basically being framed and uh, a corrupt officials within the government. And it was right after he finished this book. And uh, you know, Queen Esther is an incredible metaphor uh, of the church, uh, of, of basically God's people and God lifting up Esther. And, and Esther being a picture not only of the bride of Christ and Mordecai being a type of Christ uh, there. And and uh, the, basically, God u- it uses that whole story to show how God will always rescue his people. It will look very bad before it gets very good. And that's the history of the, the church, the history of God's people. And, and that's what we can learn from even the days that we're struggling in the United States with the immorality, the corruption, uh, the growing difficulties of an anti-Christian culture uh, yes, God's people are being oppressed. We will be oppressed. But God is using that to demonstrate his glory and his love and refining, sanctifying his people. And we've seen that going on for years around the world in these persecuted and unreached areas. And now, in a sense, we can, we're catching up and we have much to learn from our um, international family. Yeah, you're right. We are kind of catching up. Maybe the pro-life agenda starting to get stifled. 
And um, and that's going to call Christians to be a little bit more vigilant about making sure we can protect the lives of those who are most vulnerable, whether they're orphans or widows or the unborn. What do you see as the call to action right now for Christians as we're facing these kind of times when some of these precious things to us are starting to they're starting to be on some shaky ground? Yeah, you know, let's make it practical as this, you know, our ministry is about leadership. And I want to give some practical means of the spirit of Christ, what Christ does in us to be those leaders and to overcome. We were talking about the first, I think the most important is prayer. Even though God, Jesus says he wants his household to be a house of prayer. So once we're praying, then we're, we're, we're growing in that maturity, uh, that courage of faith. And then, you know, another thing I saw from Russell, let's bring him back in. Uh, Russell has always practiced returning a better good for evil. So even at the end of that case, that court case where the prosecutor was just after him in hatred, Russell immediately went up to, after the cases and thanked him for the work he's doing on behalf of the country and gave him his book, Rescue the Captors, because <laughs> he hadn't read it, you know, <laughs> and and just loved him. And then when he went outside there, all the media, there's international media there, and uh, the media had been attacking Russell. And some of the media said, well, are you going to have a libel suit? Because they could, they could sue for libel down there for the false uh, slander in, in media. And Russell goes, no, no, this is a time to heal. Everybody was given their perspective, given their understanding, but now there's been clarity you know, I'm not a terrorist. We all need to be about serving the good of Columbia. So the principle is he was now returning that good, a better good for the evil happening. So that's how we begin to de-arm our enemies and those who think ill of us with goodness. We pour coals of love on them. You know, the next principle that relates is, is that we don't slander. The Word of God actually tells us that God's the one who's put up authorities. So we're slandering God's order, even when they're bad, even when they're evil. God, the evil Kings and leaders cannot be in, in authority ultimately without God's hand. Um, God has the ultimate veto. So uh, we need to, you know, so again, those are the three things. There's there's more, but those are principles I've seen again and again of prayer, of returning good for evil, and, and do not slander, and, you know, and let them know us by our good works and by our love. Well, I just have one thought to add to that. And it's this, that God's plan is going to continue to move forward regardless of who sits in the upper leadership of our country. I believe that our new president, whoever that ends up being, will be woven into the framework of God's sovereignty and used as a, as a tool to complete his unfolding purposes for this next season in our country. So we don't need to be stressed out over leaders. We don't need to be stressed out if we might face some persecution. We might. We don't need to be stressed out if things become more hostile for Christians. We can do this. We can be confident in the sovereignty of our awesome and powerful God. Uh, to that end, um, he, you know, books like what we have at the SOM store, like this book on Esther, is really helpful um, because it helps us to realign our thinking to the fact that God is in control. And so with that being said, I want to encourage you to go to the SOM store and uh, pick up that book uh, by Russell Stendhal, and that's at spiritofmartyrdom.com. You can get there through atriskradio.com if that's easier for you to remember. Well, to be kept up to date about what God's doing in the church at risk, make sure you go to At Risk Radio and sign up for the newsletter. I'm Mark Stafford, and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.